to the third episode of our podcast, K1 Queens. This week, we are reviewing the second episode of this season of Happily Ever After. But before we get started, we want to just say welcome back to one of our fellow queens, Miss Alexa, who just got engaged this last week in France. It was an absolute fairy tale engagement that so many of these couples we're going to talk about today could only wish for. Um, but we just want to say congrats, Alexa. So how does it feel being an engaged woman? Thanks, Sarah. Um, it feels good. Um, I'm a little bit jet lagged and sorry, my cat is harassing me. He'll be harassing you the whole podcast, I'm sure, because every time I'm out of town, he's, you know, it acts like he's never seen me before. So, um, but no, it feels great. Um, I'm, I'm excited to bring some stability into our uh, children's lives now that they know that, you know, they're in a, <laughs> a household with uh, two soon to be married parents. Um, oh yeah, he keeps popping up in the background. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I'm rambling. <laughs> So for all of our listeners who are not aware, Alexa is not a, she's not a mother to, to children. She is a mother to two lovely kitten, kitties and a puppy who we all love so much. Um, so actually just to further start things off, I am going to pass it back to Alexa. She's going to start us off since she hasn't been here and you guys haven't gotten used to her perfectly lovely voice. She is going to start us off with some of those these recaps of where they are now of our 90 day stars or the Silva twins. And luckily Alexa does have a little bit more of a, I want to say a close-up view because of their recent change of environment. So Alexa, let us know more. So yes, where are they now? So today we, be, we will be talking about my absolute favorite 90 day fiance alum, uh, Darcy and Stacy Silva. So uh, they are currently living in Miami. I think they travel uh, between Miami, LA, and New York a lot, but I know they live in Miami. I think I know the exact building, I think, but not confirmed. Um, so yes, I am a stalker, uh, but it is very close to where we live. Uh, so I have had some sightings, not of the twins, unfortunately, but of their men. Um, I saw we, we should all know she also refuses to get an audiograph, an autograph, not an audiograph, an autograph. And we've asked multiple times, but they're always smoking, multiple right? times. <laughs> yes. So I, so I have seen Georgie and Florian, uh, multiple times at the same cafe, um, sitting at the same table. So I'm assuming that they're regulars there. And every time I clam up and freak out, um, and one time I snapped this really like awkward photo and it's really blurry and you can barely even tell who they are, but you know, if you're a real fan, you would know. Um, and maybe we'll throw that, uh, <laughs> uh, photo up on Instagram or something. Um, so you guys can see what a stalker I am. Um, but you're like okay. our, our very own Bigfoot spotter. So it's like the blurry, <laughs> the blurry photos of Bigfoot, but it's, it's photos of Georgie, <laughs> but they're uh, very blurry. <laughs> That's exactly what it looks like. Um, so, okay. So yes, they're, they are in Miami. Um, I think Darcy and Georgie may have broken up, but I'm not entirely sure. It's a little bit confusing. Um, she's posted some things that kind of make it seem like they've broken up. She's like nowhere to be seen on Georgie's social media, but Georgie is still po like on her social media. So I'm not really sure what's going on with that. Um, Stacy and Florian, I think, are still going strong, still married. 
Uh, but Darcy and Stacy actually had a meet and greet. Uh, when was it? Was it yesterday? No, Sunday, Saturday? Sunday, I think. Saturday. Um, and yeah, it was Saturday. Uh, at Dolphin Mall, which is a local mall in Miami. Um, and I believe they were launching like sneakers or something for uh, House of Eleven. And uh, unfortunately, neither of our Miami Queens were able to attend said meet and greet because I was in Europe still and Asmari was at a wedding. So very, very unfortunate. Uh, but we, oh, sorry, my cat's yelling. Um, but <laughs> we will we will definitely go to the next meet and greet sneaker launch or whatever house of 11 may have in store for us because we refuse to miss that opportunity again i'm so sorry my cat is out of control um i just wanted to add something to that that like if you're not from miami or haven't lived in miami you might not know but it, it just shocked me that it was dolphin mall and like if you're from Miami, you know dolphin mall like okay, like, Asmari, I am not. Choice. I am not from Miami, so I need you to tell me what's up with Dolphin Mall specifically. Okay, Dolphin Mall is all. interesting. You know, you get all sorts of people. Dolphin Mall, and it's just close say to the it, airport, Asmari. So. It's for the pores. It's for yeah. not. It's 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 not a nice place to be. No, it's, it's where not. you're going for like the leftover factory items from a bunch of different brands so it's like super cheap definitely like I get my running shoes from there but it's a choice like it's also a lot of high schoolers like there's a lot of kids just running around there and it's just yeah. it's a little it's a little it's ratchet like, I'll say it's like in the suburbs it's like next to an Ikea yeah. it's not like we have a very nice mall called Aventura Mall it's yeah. not Aventura Mall like Aventura Mall has all the designers brands it's very fancy but Dolphin Mall it's, is not well that. the Aventura Mall is Darcy's aesthetic or at least the one she puts on and right. the Dolphin Mall I think we, could, we could all choose to say that I think Osmari said it the best way it is a choice it is a choice you make a choice whenever you decide to go to the Dolphin Mall and you know I think that if you were to see a news article and see something bad happened if it was in the Dolphin Mall no one would be shocked it is the mall right. that gives off those vibes. So she was at a place called Impossible Kicks, which is a factory outlet shoe store for, I'm assuming, shoes that are hard to come by. Um, so I think it just kind of begs the question of, you know, how is House of Eleven really doing? You know, where where are, where are we at career-wise? I'm not My trying- guess to, is not well. I mean, can we not just well. say it? Can we say it out loud? I mean, I love them, but I want better for them. Mm -hmm. Yes. But listen, yeah. if I would have been able to attend this meet and greet, I definitely would have been coming home with some House of Eleven sneakers. Same. So. Same. When Alexa Absolutely. texted me and said, Asmari, get your ass to Dolphin Mall to go see Darcy. <laughs> I was like, damn it. I have my aunt's wedding. I can't. But I would have been there. So Alexa, next House of Eleven, sh shoot, whatever's we're going there. on, we're there. Although I... Oh, I was going to ask, have we seen any fan photos of like anyone who was there? And did yes. they actually get photos? Well, I don't know if they were fans or if they were their friends, but I definitely saw Darcy, I think Stacy too, like posting on their story from the event. But I, I think they were, they the, the pictures that they posted seemed like they were just their friends that were there supporting them, but I don't know. 
Because they also look like middle-aged women, like, you know, I don't know, similar vibe to them, whatever that may mean to you. Um, But uh, I also wanted to just point out my mug. Um, I purposefully used it today. Um, Sarah, Sarah, you got this for me, right? I got that for you. Okay, so Kaya, I hope we (laughs) painted a, a accurate um and colorful picture of the dolphin mall for you and hopefully it gave our listeners a little bit more context um on the silva twins recent uh, meet and greet and sneaker launch for house of 11 so now we will pass it on over to miss kaya um our reddit sleuth yeah so hi everyone i was perusing reddit this morning as one does um just you know it's a holiday i was thinking this is there's not really going to be any tea but libby proved me wrong this morning when she posted a clip of her singing on instagram um i know there's been a lot of talk about her singing career if it's real um and so i just really want to play this clip um and osmari if you would cue it up for me in just a second um because honestly it just really is so bizarre like her mouth is moving at just like a really odd angle so i just want to like get our listeners opinions so asmari roll the clip So we heard no. the clip. What did you guys think? Immediately, no. I've, I've seen what I need to see. Immediately, no. No. My first thought, which I know we're going to get into it when we talk about all the couples, but this isn't very nursery rhyme to me. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's not giving lullaby. It's giving no. country chic wailing. Yeah. Lots of wailing. Baby shark vibes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Okay, so I'll actually say I didn't realize she had uploaded that from her account. I thought that was like a video. I didn't realize that she had enough confidence (laughs) in that video to say, hey, hundreds of thousands, if not a million followers, this is me. And this is how I want to debut my singing career. That that is what happened, Sarah. Yes. And Kim Osmari said it was a choice. What That's was the, we all make choices. And what was the date that this was posted? Like, this is a recent post? Oh, this was like yesterday. Oh, okay. And we're recording this like on the 5th of September. So yeah, this is very I, recent. So I think this was, this was my thought immediately, right? She saw, she knew the episode was going to air where she gets absolutely clobbered in her own studio, the keyboard in an empty room by her friend and then she said you know what would make this better if I launch a soft launch of my singing career right now today as the episode drops yeah I mean I'm also just the the so like the reason why I asked when this was posted was because 
I feel like the video has very much like 2012 vibes. Like the, I don't know if it's the, the filter, the video quality, the outfit, but literally just- what I was going to say, like, it's like the way with, I'm sure they make good money, you know, like, and even aside from the show and what they must get paid from the show, like they have like good jobs. I'm like, that you didn't put a little bit more of investment in this. What? A little bit more knowing that you already have a platform, you know, I would invest a little more knowing that like a lot of people follow me and know who I am. So it was a choice. That's going to be the thing for me this this week. It was a choice. Do we feel like Andre was the director here? Because I feel like, again, like Oswar, you just said, I don't want to echo it. If you know that this is the first time people are going to be exposed to this, like they couldn't even invest in like a video stabilizer. Like I'm in Andre's footsteps, like as he's walking with the phone. So, and in the video at the beginning, I don't think we've even addressed the transition between the blue video of them making out into her walking in a local park right I don't know Kaya give us more details on this and what was Reddit's reaction oh I mean Reddit was vicious I mean I think we all had a good laugh um and you're right we didn't address that weird like blue twilight 2008-esque lighting and then they like kiss and then they like just Libby's walking and singing which makes no sense because they're married so if it's supposed to be like a sad song Andre's alive. He's here. He's bothering everyone. So like, I don't understand what's going on. So yeah, Reddit's reaction was pretty, pretty great. I would say it was very unifying this morning to wake up and have all of us just be ripping on Libby. Um, But yeah, so that was pretty much the the very mild tea. But I do think this is real because as you said, she posted it from her account. And so that really means that like, this was her debut, which is wild to me, you know, like, Again, it's a choice and we make choices here, you know, and that was maybe, maybe we'll give her the benefit of the doubt. We'll look forward to a lullaby. I mean, personally, I want to hear, you know, little, little star twinkle, twinkle star that one. I mean, that voice, it was powerful. It was just, it didn't match the mood. I think Kai, you just made the best point. Like, why are you like, when I can actually decipher the words, right? It took about six times of listening to it. And for our listeners, it is posted on our Instagram. So you can go watch it there as well. As many times as you need, took me six to hear the words. It is a sad song. It is a re-recording of an old country song, wailing for a woman wanting her man to miss her. The video does not match that. Um, So yeah, just thumbs down. But like the the singing- the singing isn't that bad. Like the actual singing yeah. is is good, I think. But <laughs> I think for country, like I I think it's decent. Like, cause part of me when I first heard it, I was like, is this her lip syncing someone else singing, or is this actually her singing? Because it's the singing itself was pretty good in my opinion. But the quality of the video and everything, no. <laughs> What, well, like, what so if I it was the same exact thing? What was that, Sarah? I was saying, what if it wasn't her singing? Are we 100% certain? I don't think it was her. It sounded like her voice. Cause I was going to say the same thing. Like I didn't think it was awful. Like, I don't think she's a, like a bad singer or anything. I think it's good, but I just don't know if that's her genre, you know? And I feel like 
I don't know if you guys got this vibe too that like she just looks a little bit uncomfortable so I mean it could also be because it's something new and she's like trying this out and she's trying to see if this is really her dream and can make something out of it so maybe she's a little nervous but I don't know I'm excited for more Libby singing content and I hope that they end the season with like a concert or she has at the tell-all a concert no they make her sing live oh my god you know like on they the might. bachelor where they do like the double doors moment i just want like sean robinson to like introduce her and then like have like a double doors moment at the tell-all <laughs> what do you guys think oh god that'd be hilarious <laughs> i want this is what i want i want someone to say libby sing for us just like her friend did and friend is in quotations if you're not watching the full video, because I love the friend who says, if you're going to be a singer, you need to know how to sing on point. And Libby just kept going, no, I'm uncomfortable. I want that on the tell all. I want Sean to say, Libby, sing for us. And then her, oh she God. just bluntly continues. Oh, 100%. Refusing. That's 100% going to happen. So she better get ready. She better warm up. <laughs> All right, so we've talked about Libby posting that, you know, interesting clip on Instagram. So I'm going to take it to myself <laughs> to talk about our first couple, Jenny and Submit. So I actually watched this section twice, y'all, just to like really break this shit down. Like, I feel like there was so much happening within the conversation, what wasn't said. Um, so let me just give y'all just like a basic recap of what we saw this episode. So we see family submit, um, his mom, his dad, his brother, and the sister-in-law officially disown submit. And then Jenny and submit sort of arguing <laughs> about it and dealing with the like aftermath. Um, and like, when I was watching this, I was thinking, you know, this is a bit of a tired storyline, but then they started yelling. And I, I love when people start to yell on this show. So let's just kind of circle back with, you know, the opening. So Sana, Mama Submit, um, basically said, and this is a direct quote, that Submit has given her hell throughout his entire life. But I want to pause there, because as we know, Queens, Submit divorced his first wife after cheating on Jenny in his mom's house. Like they were fully having like rendezvous in Mama Samet's house. He was like sneaking up like, like teenager shit, right? And then after that, his parents had to pay for the divorce. I think they might still be paying it off, honestly. And then he publicly married Jenny without them knowing about it. So like, do I agree that like Samet and Jenny love each other? But do I also agree that there's some validity with Mama Samet's statement? Also, yes. Um, so I guess to pause, what do you guys think about that? Like, does, is Samit in the wrong? Has he been giving his mom hell? What do you guys think? I agree with you. I feel like, especially with everything you just shared, because I didn't know a lot of his background. Like I have seen them like bits and pieces in other seasons, but I didn't know the full story. And just from hearing that, like, I kind of am siding more with the mom now. Like now I get it. I think that was probably just her breaking point. She was like, you know what? I've gone through all this shit with you and you're still doing this shit to me. Like, I think I would react the same. Cause at first I was like, she's overreacting a little bit, but I think that was her breaking point. I think that was it for her. She was like, I can't, I can't, I need space from you. Like, I can't do this. Um. Okay. So, I mean, I get what you're saying. 
like Sumit was definitely problematic. But I also like, I don't know, when I was watching the episode with Kyle, we both looked at each other and we were like, that woman is evil. Like she just, I don't know, she kind of, she radiates like evil villain energy to me. Like she's very, I don't we know. Agree. She's, she's so manipulative and I, like, I don't know. She just, you know, I told, I understand even from like an American cultural point of view, like a 30 year age difference is huge. And when it's, the woman that's older it's also you know it's not fair but it's true like older an older man tends to be more accepted than an older woman in the relationship right but from you know the the standpoint of the Indian culture like I I understand that societal norms are very very strict and it's very very important to you know kind of maintain the status quo and you know go with those norms and not break from them. And this is definitely breaking the norm, but just the things that she says, like, I think it's like, you can be upset about it, but you don't have to literally be like, cause in um, a previous season, she literally said she would like kill herself if he married her and like just super manipulative shit like that. Like, you know, Oh, you're uninvited for my funeral. Like all that kind of shit, like too much. It's too much. Well, and let's call it out. So I actually have some direct quotes because I watched this scene twice. Um, So basically, so then we get into this part of the argument where it sort of devolves into, you know, Sadna goes, okay, she's half your age. And Samit's deadpan response of yes, she is. Like, it really just killed me there because like they've having this, they're having this same argument over and over and over again. So then Sana kind of pulls out the, manip- the manipulative tactics, right? So like she goes, you're uninvited from literally everything, including their funerals. She uninvited Summit from their funerals. Like, I'm sorry. Which that's- I'd love to say, who's going to stop him? She's dead. Wait, also what? valid. Like, what's going to stop Summit from just showing up? Like, I, I don't know. It, she, I think that goes back to Alexa's point. She went too far. Like, yes, be pissed off. But she just continually went too far. I mean, keep going. Yes, keep- absolutely. And and so then we sort of move into this like interesting moment in the argument where like TL like the TLC cameras are acknowledging that Jenny doesn't know what the fuck is going on. So like Mama Summit is having this like grade A fucking meltdown. She is just going off. She is uninviting them from her funeral. And Jenny is just sitting there looking like aghast basically like just like no expression red in the face because like and if you think about not knowing the language that your partner is trying to defend you in and then your partner is also not actively defending you and translating that's a really interesting scenario to be in and so then mama submit comes back with and this was a really manipulative line which i really hated she said well if jenny is the one then just give her all of you, all of your love. Give her your the love that you have for your mom, your dad, your brother-in-law, um, all of us. She can have it. And I'm sitting there just like as if the human heart and emotion like is just for one person, as if Samit doesn't have love for his family just because he also has love for Jenny. So I wanted y'all to know, what did you guys think about that line? Because that one for me was the worst in terms of like 
just sheer manipulativeness and just like I don't know I just felt like she just really hated her son in the moment oh yeah I feel I it, she her manipulation just it never really ended it, it we saw it begin last week it continued but I think the thing is she knows what it's doing I mean she literally at the at the end of the conversation we see submit walk out of the house try to embrace her tell her to calm down like he's he's her child having to tell her a more senior adult yes they're both adults but a more senior adult to hey maybe get our emotions in check and then we can have a realistic conversation I think that if when you truly love someone if she truly loved her son she would just want him to be happy I don't I, I think she just continued and, and it just got worse from there I agree with you, Sarah. And I think too, like just thinking about interactions that, you know, I've had with my mom, like she ultimately, like my mom just wants me to be happy. Right. And like, I just feel like that empathy is just lacking here. And so I also want to call attention to a point that I really thought about and sat with, because I feel like this is a big miscommunication. Um, so Mama Summit basically is saying, I didn't give you permission to get married to Jenny. Right. But we see in the past clips of the show, she gave her passive permission. So she's saying, well, we won't stop you from getting married. We love Jenny, you know? And so how are you gonna sit there and turn around and say, oh, well, I won't stop you, I love Jenny. And we literally, they rolled the TLC footage on that one. Um, so like- And then she was still denying it. That's the, that, yes. <laughs> like, literally we were, I was like yelling at the screen, like roll the clip, roll the clip. But like, <laughs> then I was like, no, they're going to save that for the tell-all for sure. <laughs> I was thinking about the same thing though, like what you, that point that you just brought up. And I think, again, I know like his mom goes too far, but just try, I feel like I just always play devil's advocate, but like putting myself in her shoes, I think honestly, like, which I think any parent that is probably in a situation like that just goes back and forth with it. Like, I think part of her is probably like, okay, like he's going to be with her. Like, I can't stop it. But I think another part of her is like, this isn't the kind of marriage I, I envisioned for you. Like, I want you to have children. I want you to have like a long, happy marriage. And especially like emphasis on the longer part. Cause you know, we don't live forever. We're not immortal. So I think I, I was thinking about that a lot. I don't know, maybe not, but I feel like maybe around that time and versus now, she just kept going back and forth with the idea of them being together. And I think now that she knows that they're like married, I think like destroyed her. And then she went too far, of course. Yeah, I would agree with that, Asmari. Like, I think this was definitely the tipping point, you know? Like, I think she had kind of put on a good face up until now, but yeah, this is going to be really interesting. And so I also wanted to like just really quickly talk about Jenny's reaction to all of this um, in particular, because like, I feel like she A, got really aggressive with Summit. I didn't like that. I also felt like Summit was pretty emotionally intelligent in the aftermath of the fight. So he's grabbing her face. He's trying to calm her down. He's saying, look, like I acknowledge that this is hard for you to sit here and endure this abuse from my parents, but think about also how hard it is for me having to lose my family and like go through this um, whole situation because of my love for you. And that to me was just a really just intelligent observation. And the fact that he was able to articulate that in the argument, I mean, I just loved it. I was like, Jenny, shut up. Like, this is hard for both of you. I feel like, again, like she's not considering all that Smith has also given up. Now, granted, she's moved to India and like has started her life there with him. So 
there's a mutual sacrifice there. But that sort of, oh my gosh, you can see like Bubs like in the background. Alexa, it's so cute. <laughs> He's so cute. He wants to be a podcaster too. Um, and for He's the like uninitiated, me. <laughs> yeah. And for the uninitiated, Bubs is one of Alexa's cats. Um, but yeah, so that's basically what I thought about Jenny's reaction. So what did you guys think? I'm going to pop off because Kaya, I was with you. And the way that this preview, that's the issue. The way TLC made the preview look was that Samit's reaction was very, very poor. When in fact, when you actually saw the whole clip, bro, because I think the statement was, oh, like now I have to take care of you or something like that. Yes, it could have been worded better, but he was incredibly emotionally intelligent. And when she was like, don't touch me, don't touch me ever again. And I think that's where we actually left it this episode. I was like, girl, you need to run to him because not only is he 30 years, you're you're younger. I don't know, not senior, you're younger. You need to like go embrace him because he literally just stood up to his mother telling her, telling him he is no longer her son for out of his love for you. I was just like, I, I was so proud of Summit in that moment. I was like, look at that. Look at what happens when men's brains fully develop. Yeah, he was a he was a king. He was um, an emotionally intelligent king. And I was also super proud of him. And Jenny was acting like a psycho. I thought I was like, girl, like, she was like, literally laying hands on this man. And I don't know, I was she's lucky that, you know, Summit was like, cool, calm, cool, and collected because she was so aggressive. And I think he also said it perfectly. He was like, you're, you're taking your anger out on me and you shouldn't be taking it out on me. And it was just, yeah. I mean, I understand her frustration because she was sitting there, you know, like we talked about and she was lost and doesn't speak the language. And I get all that, but the rage was just too much. Yeah, I agree with you there, Alexa. And that's the point that I was going to bring up that I sympathize with her with how how she must felt like just sitting there and knowing that something's going on and literally having no idea what's going on. So I understand, I like sympathize with that aspect of it. But again, he literally is going against his family and losing his family because he loves her. So it's like, I'd say that's a little worse than her feeling like that in that moment because then then he can sit there and translate and tell her everything that happened I mean I get he also wasn't really defending her and trying to like include her in the conversation when it's about her too but I don't know I just she how do you include off. I really somebody to slap him how do you in, how do you include somebody when you're arguing in two different languages I mean I don't exactly. I don't even blame him slightly but Asmari we need to move on to the next couple so why don't you just continue yeah. to carry us Kaya thank you for that we're gonna keep that's a storyline we just need to stay on top of um Asmari take us through Bilal and Shida yeah talking about throwing hands I really thought that Shahida was about to slap the shit out of Shida. I was like, literally like, what is happening? And when she stood up, girl, like, what is about to happen? Um, but, you know, I know sometimes I sympathize with the wall and I go back and forth with it. But like, I am also thinking like how awkward it is to be in the situation that he's in, you know, like, he has Shahida, who he was married to. He has two children with. So he has to have some sort of relationship there because they're co-parenting. And then he has his new wife. 
So I can't even imagine like how he feels. Like, of course he needs to stand with his wife because that's his current wife, but he also doesn't want to burn bridges with the mother of his children. So with that being said, I also don't like that he just sits there like a dumbass and is just looking at everybody, looking like a deer in headlights and doesn't say anything and doesn't defend his wife. And like, I was going to say this towards the end, but I'm just going to bring it up now. I hated that in the preview for next week, like he said to her, I was very disappointed in you. And I'm just like, what? Like, I, I mean, I, I feel like Shida is stretching it a little bit. I don't think that Shahida really was coming at her the way that she was saying she was. Like, I feel like she exaggerated the whole thing. Um, I understand that maybe she's, she may be extra sensitive. I can be very sensitive. So I get that. And I sympathize with that, but I think she's stretching it a little bit. And I think this is also probably reality TV kind of coming in there and trying to create drama. So I think that's part of it too. But what do you guys think? Because I don't know, this this is interesting. before we get any further, let's give a little bit of a summary of what happened, right? Before we just give him, yeah. you know, just kind of delve into the action. This week we saw Bilal and Shida finally face Shahida at the coffee shop. Last week kind of led to this moment. So Asmara was just kind of going into what happened at the coffee shop. I mean, it was absolutely explosive. Um, my, I can go, it was just crazy. You no, know, you're good. I think we all were popping off with thoughts. I was screaming at the TV during this. I mean, Shida versus Shahida. I mean, it just, it, it paints itself. Honestly, I will say my very first thought, I completely agree with Asmari. I think Shida over, over exaggerated, but I don't think it was, I don't think it started that way. I think that Shida was upset, right? And then Bilal continuing to be this like super passive person for some reason, she was kind of forced maybe to dig her heels into that story a little bit deeper to where it became a much bigger deal than it should have because she didn't feel supported. Fast forward, you're now sitting there. All she was saying, and y'all, I'm married. I've been in this conversation with my husband. You offended me. I don't, you know, I'm not, I, I just need a, I'm sorry, right? I just need an, I'm sorry coming out. That's all she asked for when she didn't get that, dug the heels even deeper. It just became absolutely explosive. I mean, this was, this was where my quote of the week came from. Um, I, I will go ahead and just say it. Whenever Shahida stood up, slams her hands and says, Bilal, you better get her because this will get real left real quick. That might be my quote of the season, because I think for two reasons, it's giving us insight into one for how Shahida and Bilal's marriage was going, because we all know she ended it. And we all know how that I want to know how Bilal knows that things get real left real quick. Right. I don't know. I want to see. (laughs) Southeast Diego will be up in here. And I was like, oh, no, that means we're about to beat the shit out of her. Absolutely. And then it also says, like, the second thing that that line says is, what is that, because she left. What is that, like, the amount of rebuilding that you would have had to do to get that relationship right at the beginning of that was not much. A simple, I'm sorry, let's move forward. After that coffee shop experience, there may not be a rebuilding. So who else? (laughs) I mean, I was also just, I guess, confused because like, I don't know, I, I guess, uh, I, I'm gonna mix their names up, Shida, um, 
Shida. Yes, Shida may have exaggerated a little bit, but about, you know, their initial interaction together at the house, like, but I I did feel the aggression from Shahida. So I, but I, but yeah, I guess maybe she was exaggerating a little bit, but I think that the aggression really did come out in this coffee shop scene. And at least for me, which, you know, who knows because of the way that TLC cuts things, but to me, it seems like Shida was pretty like calm, cool, and collected the whole time. And then Shahida just all of a sudden lost her shit and, you know, got all like, like angry and standing up and throwing threats around. And, and, you know, to me, Shida didn't seem aggressive. She was firm, sure, but like not aggressive like that. And then Bilal's dumbass just sitting there and, oh my gosh. And then my, my absolute favorite part of the whole scene was when Shida and Shahida are, you know, going at it, arguing and like kind of yelling. And all of a sudden Bilal just starts like saying, I think what is a scripture from the Quran. And I was like, what the heck? And they, the two women did not give a shit. They heard nothing that came out of that man's mouth. They did not care. They completely ignored him. And I thought it was incredible. Wait, Asmari. out of his mouth. I want to ask, Asmari, did you like the way Bilal looked this week? Oh, my God. (laughs) Alexa, I don't know if you missed it, but Asmari was feeling Bilal last week. She said that man had it going on. Handsome. You know, I hate him. I do kind of hate him because he's such a, like, he's just i don't know like even with this whole scene he didn't say a single fucking word and the only time he spoke up he started quoting scripture and and they didn't pay no mind to him but two things i want to say and please interject if you agree disagree but one thing that just was kind of in my head and again how tlc can like cut things and make things look I felt like also with, I'm guessing um, Shada was born in the U.S. or at least raised in the U.S., but also kind of painting her as like the angry black woman. I did not like that. That really got under my skin and making her look so aggressive. And then the way that um, Shida was also saying that she was aggressive and mad and was a bully. And I was just like, "Mm, I don't like how they're making her look like that because you also have to kind of step back from the situation and think about it how would you react if someone's like kind of stretching the truth about something that happened between you two and you know, it's false, you know, I would probably react to like that, you know, I'd get pissed. So maybe that's just the way she shows it, but that was something, I don't know. What do you guys think? But that was like what kind of clicked in my brain when I was seeing that scene and like putting her in that light. I I didn't like that. No, I agree with you. And I think there were just like a lot of subtle microaggressions but it's interesting because I believe like they're all they all identify as like black like not black American but like so it was just interesting like knowing that and then also knowing that they're on fucking national television like I always like not that like we forget but like it's another interesting layer of the scenario when as you said Shahida is stretching the truth you know or excuse me Shida is stretching the truth about Shahida and so now she's put in this weird scenario where it's like oh so now you're going to talk shit about me on national tv and make me out to be like a person that I'm not but I will agree with Alexa's point that I did see some of the uh, I won't call it aggression but I will call it spiritedness of Shahida because she like just kind of stood up and was like 
ready to like throw hands. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I've done team no one actually. Like, I don't think anybody was a real winner or loser in this argument. I just think they both kind of came off looking a little foolish. What do you guys think? So this is the, this is one of the things we we have footage. This is the thing. We have footage of that conversation. We saw the conversation. I don't think anybody who actually watched that clip, and for all of our listeners who aren't aware, that's from this last season of the original 90 Day, um, which just got done airing, is where we first met Bilal and Shida. And I think that what was interesting is that when you roll that clip back, which I almost wish TLC had done, right? And they very might be saving that for the tell-all, there was not really aggression. Yes, Shida took it wrong and and Shahida was very vocal. She was very said, this is why I said these things. And she explained it. It was very clear. She was not aggressive at that point or spirited. Then they get to the coffee shop. And so Osmar, I'm going to say, you know, if, if I know what happened and there's footage of what happened and someone is overplaying it to that point, but I'm going to, I'm going to then push it a little further, right? Shida kept saying something that I don't know if I'm an ex-wife would have pissed me off. I don't know the exact dimensions of their relationship I don't know when Bilal moved into that house what that I don't know but I don't know if Shahida is remarried but I do know that Shida kept saying you came into my house and I was like ma'am you had been in that house for less than 10 days and were very, very unaware if you would even be getting married to that man. So now if that, if Shahida had lived in that house with Bilal at some point and there are emotions tied to that house, that house might've been involved in the divorce agreement. That house could have been a lot. And she's saying, you came into my house. Like suddenly Shida owns something, uh, you know, like is, is more a part of her children's lives. I mean, that is such a huge change. Having another woman playing stepmother to your children that itself is such a huge change that if that woman is coming like I know me like I don't even have kids but I promise you if I did it would have been hands on sight the second a woman is saying you came into my house like ma'am no that was my house like I don't know sorry one thing that I said last week that I wanted to repeat again is that I don't know I just I get a little bit of both sides, but like with Shahida's point of view, like, I don't think it was appropriate for her to also go and have that conversation with Shida. I think that was something, if that was a concern of hers or Bilal expressed that concern to her on the side and we just didn't see that. And he said, you know, I'm going to, cause she, she obviously knew about it. They had to have talked about it. Like Bilal needed to bring that conversation to Shida. She, um, Shida and Shahida did not need to have that conversation. I don't think that was appropriate because Shahida isn't in that marriage. Of course, she has children with Bilal and she's probably thinking of the children's best interest, but she had no place in that conversation, you know? So I think Bilal really fucked up from that end where he should have been having that conversation with Shida, not Shahida having the conversation with Shida. And just to be clear, we're talking about uh, the prenup situation, right? So the whole initial conversation was uh, Shahida talking to Shida, kind of trying to convince her that she needed to uh, sign the prenup and explaining, you know, why she needed to sign the prenup and all that. Exactly. And I, I think that that sums it up right there. I think that this none, this entire 
um, this entire disagreement would not exist if the proper discussion paths have been taken first. Um, so Asmari, thank you. I think that's a really great ending note on them for this week. So let's go ahead and move on to Alexa and Bubs. He keeps kind of coming in and out of frame there. Um, so let's go ahead and you are going to give us more on Elizabeth and Andre. Yes, I will. Um, and sorry if there's noises in the background. We have a zoo here and they're all very excited that mommy and daddy are home. So there's a lot going on. Um, but okay, so this week um, with Libby and Andre, there was definitely some drama. So uh, we saw that Libby and Andre bought a house. So they threw a housewarming party. Um, there were some interesting guests invited to the party, which we, we can talk about a little bit later. Um, then, of course, Libby's, uh, Libby's sisters were at the party along with uh, her father and her mother and stepfather, I believe, was there too. Um, Libby also kind of introduced the idea that she was going to start pursuing a singing career, um, which, you know, we may have thought, oh, she's going to be the next Ariana Grande. Uh, but no, she will be singing nursery rhymes, whatever that means. Um, what else happens? Uh, so then there was also some drama surrounding uh, Charlie and his alcoholism and the fact that he's kind of been excommunicated from the family, um, except for the mother. The mother's in denial about his alcoholism. So there was some drama surrounding that. Um, and Pam, the mother, um, of Libby and co, uh, got into an argument with Andre as well and sort of insinuated that he was also an alcoholic or had issues with alcohol that were comparable to Charlie. Um, and that definitely caused some fireworks. So that's kind of the recap. So we will. The issues were based solely on his ethnicity as well super um, problematic oh yeah 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 about him being like eastern european yeah um so okay <laughs> um so about the housewarming party uh so they had a housewarming party the catering looked fantastic uh which was a little strange because there was like i don't know 10 people there or something at least that's what it seemed like um half of which were family i don't know that was weird um <laughs> But the, the guests that were invited, I wanted to get uh, everyone's thoughts on that. So according to Andre, uh, the people that he invited, they're very intelligent people, made that blanket statement about them. And then um, his immigration lawyer showed up, um, some like some guy that worked in mortgages whatever that means, um, and his wife showed up, just some kind of seemingly random people um, showed up, but I guess intelligent people. I don't know. What did you guys think of, of the people that showed up? I have a couple thoughts. I think that either they were TLC, like paid actors, <laughs> <laughs> or Andre really fucking invited his immigration attorney, which honestly is a power move I think because there was that scene where like in the previews for the season he was like I am going to get deported and so that's true 
That's true. So maybe possibly he's trying to protect himself. So. Wait, what if the mole that supposedly trapped, what if the party is where it happened? They <gasps> made the connection. The mole. There's a mole. So I'm gonna mole is I'm Charlie. Gonna, <laughs> it's Charlie. I'm going to Charlie. Say, the, there's two parts of this, two parts of this couple um, this week that absolutely made my life. I screamed at the screen. Number one. I don't know if we've met the mom before. I mean, we we had last week, but we know Chuck and we know the mom. We know they're separated. Seemingly very amicable. They're standing next to each other the whole time. But the absolute all-star was when the mom does her one-off interview and her husband, Walt, Mm -hmm. silent Walt, is just standing there. We've never (laughs) seen Walt before, but suddenly he's there. Absolute MVP of the episode. Number two is obviously we heard the sister say, oh, they Andre just invited people he wants something from, right? That was a pretty clear He's an quote. opportunist is what He's they an said. opportunist. But the moment that they, that they walk into Libby's studio and studio is once again in quotes, which is <laughs> apparently it is a blank room with not even paint on the wall with a keyboard. <laughs> And the woman says, oh, piano. No, that is actually a keyboard. And then she says, oh, because this is how I know TLC had something to do with it. No one would have walked into that room and see a single keyboard and say, you must be trying to start a singing career. That is not, there are several steps missing there. So then when she makes the next comment, the friend says, oh, you didn't tell me. Did you know I was a singing coach or whatever the fuck Professional singer. Professional singer. Yes. And then Libby, like, it just kind of slow pans to Libby and she's like, did I know that? And it just, y'all, I I think that woman, I think that woman, okay, I, I think that the immigration lawyer was real. However, I do believe that the professional singer woman was a TLC plant <laughs> because <laughs> it was just, it was too much of a coincidence. Her calling Libby out and saying, you know, oh, well, if you're a professional, then why don't you sing for us? Like who slightly aggressively too, like slightly Very aggressively. aggressively. <laughs> At a housewarming party. No one would do that, but that woman did. And that's, that makes me think Kaya may be onto something because it was very strange and either she's a TLC plant or they paid her to you know behave this way either way I'm glad that she said and did the things that she did because it made for great television um so yes so the woman I I don't know her name um but the quote-unquote professional singer I believe she was the wife of the man who quote-unquote works uh in mortgages according to Andre, whatever the hell that means. Um, so she, you know, said she was a professional singer and awkwardly brought up Libby's singing career um, as we went over and then put her on the spot and asked her to sing something um, to, to which Libby refused. Um, and it was very uncomfortable. And then Libby she refused on. multiple times. Yeah, like, multiple. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't just sing for us. No, it was sing for us sing for us, sing yeah. for us. And just Libby going, no, 
every single time. Yeah. It just, I don't think TLC could have made that a more uncomfortable moment. It was so uncomfortable. And then when she said- She had to prepare yeah. for that video, you know, that was like, she was like, no, I can't do this right now for everyone. Like right. I have this video that I'm going right. to do- that's what it was that's what it was she didn't want to she did it for the reels (laughs) exactly um but yeah and then then Libby went on to say that her singing career was going to be in nursery rhymes which I also thought was very strange because I don't know I I don't know about you guys but to me a nursery rhyme isn't like a song really I don't know like I get what she was saying like children's music but I feel like the the use of the word nursery rhyme was very strange there um and it's also confusing because as we are talked about earlier the one you know or her debut or whatever singing debut was a sad country song so I don't know maybe she switched gears after she got that kind of negative reaction to the nursery rhymes um we and did see, we did hear the woman uh, once again aggressively say, Have you thought this through? Right. And really question that. I don't know if it was that woman or someone else, but somebody asked, um, So is there money in nursery rhymes? And I thought that was hilarious. Um, but also at the same Marisol. time, Marisol, I wrote down her name because I liked her. Marisol, the problematic. Marisol, yeah. Marisol was very problematic. Um, but I also, I don't know, like it was funny and I loved, you know, everyone attacking her because, you know, makes her great television. But when you really sit back and think about it, like, why were they attacking her? Like, so what? She wants to sing, quote, nursery rhymes. Like, who cares? Like she, I don't think at any point she said that this, this is really a career or she wants to make a lot of money doing this. Like she kind of made it sound like it was just something to relieve stress and like a hobby almost. And all these people are like jumping down her throat. Like Chuck's like, oh, what about your commitment to me? And everyone's like, oh, what about the money? Like, just let the damn woman sing her nursery rhymes and be happy. Like, geez, you know? Like she never said, I'm quitting everything and I'm doing music. She just said, I want to explore that side of something that I've always wanted to do. Like, I don't know why everyone's like, freaking out that and thinking she's gonna like end it all in her career just to pursue singing like I mean her entire family is haters the entire family is haters we know that this is not shocking I'm just gonna I've got one last question then we can move on to the next couple I just want to say I perhaps this is anecdotal proof did we see anyone come in with a housewarming gift because if not that seems like that's pointing to my TLC plant theory even more yeah Mm, see yeah their their present was their presence apparently (laughs) which Um, logically you would never do right no you would have to bring something but I don't think anyone did okay final thoughts and then we need to we need to keep it pushing (laughs) um so I guess uh the whole Charlie's alcoholism thing that was a huge theme this week as well um, and the mom is definitely in denial and everyone for once, except for the mom was on the same page that Charlie has a problem. And I thought that it was hilarious that Andre was like arguing with Libby's mom saying that, you know, Charlie, he's an alcohol, um, is an alcoholic and, you know, we all drink, but we don't drink like that. And this man was 
faded himself. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed, his eyes were barely open. He was swaying. His words were all slurred. I was dying laughing. He was drinking a LaCroix, which cracked me up. I was like, what is he drinking? I thought he was drinking alcohol, but he was drinking a LaCroix. That was a TLC placement. That was 100%. Yeah. Oh, Andre was like absolutely like dead inside Tanked. at that moment. Yeah. 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 Um, so oh, my quote of the week was from this segment. So it was mine. Oh my God. <laughs> do you want to do yours first or should I do mine first? You can go first. Okay. So it was during this part where Andre was super faded and he go and uh what's her name? Pamela. Pamela. Pam. Uh-huh. Pam. Uh, Miss Pam asks uh, if Andre is willing to, you know, help carry the water, so to speak, and really help Charlie. Um, and Andre goes, I'm not willing to help him. Fuck Charlie. And I just really loved that. That was, that's like the level of petty that I aspire to be with my enemies. Um, so yeah, I just really loved it. Um, agreed. Great quote. Uh, my quote was, I think also within that exchange. So Pam was, you know, trying to get uh, Andre to help Charlie to, you know, let Charlie back into their lives, whatever. And Andre goes, again, super faded. No, until that guy gets help for his issues, there's, oh, oh, um, excuse me, I forgot. I need to preface this. Uh, Pam said that they need to bury the hatchet is what she said to him. And Andre said, no, until that guy gets help for his issues, there's not going to be hatchets involved. <laughs> and I just thought that was iconic. <laughs> Honestly, that should be the only response to anyone ever saying, be the bigger person, bury the hatchet, anything. There should be no hatchets involved. No hatchets. <laughs> um, well, I think, yeah, absolutely. Fuck Charlie. I mean, that, that's just always a mood. Um, I think that's a really good summation there. So let's go ahead and move on to the next couple, um, which was Yara and Jovi. So this week we didn't see a lot of movement on this story. It seems to be like TLC just keeps building this up to there be some conflict a little bit later on in the season. I think they're letting us see Jenny and Samit crash and burn before we see Yara and Jovi crash and burn, of course. Thank you, TLC, for that. Um, so this week, we see Jovi and Yara. They go to a, a winery for a date day, and Jovi continues to complain about being a father and a husband um, and complains about how hard his life is. Um, and then on the car ride there, though, we do hear... Yara and Jovi kind of get into this conversation explaining why they're going to the uh, a winery by the way with a one-year-old baby um why they're taking a baby to a winery which was because Miss Gwen Jovi's mother um the Louisiana accent queen that we all love is not apparently taking care of Milo when Jovi is out of town so we all know Jovi is one month on one month off on his work schedule so one month like one month at a time he's out of the country Yara is alone doing every single thing as a single mother for Miss Mila and Miss Gwen is no longer coming to help we do see later in the preview a little bit more of an explanation of this 
by simply just the statement of I'm not anybody's nanny, um, which was very interesting. There are some cultural differences here of why Yara would be upset um, about Miss Gwen not taking that as a responsibility because in Ukrainian culture, the mom or sisters would be in the home the full time to help out a new mother with their child and they would be very, very happy to do it. So I think Yara is just a little bit confused, but moving forward, they're at the winery. Jovi continues to complain about Yara, her friends and all of those good things. And then Yara brings up the topic of getting a boob job, which was discussed with her friends last week. So then Jovi takes it upon himself to complain about the friends, complain about the friends influencing Yara, and then even says, quote unquote, you're right, your boobs don't look good. I wish you had boobs like a stripper's. Because that's what every wife wants to hear from their husband. Um, so I just wanna, I just wanna say, let, let me, let me say this, Paul. On a scale of one to ten, how fucking hard would you like to hit Jovi in the face? I'm a ten. Twenty. <laughs> I fucking hate him. Like he's so. I literally wrote in the doc, Jovi is a fucking asshole. And he is. Like at first, when last week when Yara told her friends that Jovi's like had made negative comments about her body and her boobs, um, I was like, oh my god, fuck Jovi. And then like the way that he was acting about the boob job, like oh you don't need it, whatever. At first, I was like, oh, so maybe he didn't really say that. But then when he made the stripper boob comment, and then he was like, I mean, in reality, they don't look great. Like I was, I was okay. right there with that. you because at first he said, oh yeah, you look fine the way you are right now. But you could be better. The second a husband or even, <laughs> even just a man hears themselves saying a compliment and then utters the word but, they should, at that moment, they should unalive them, themselves and just don't move forward. Don't move forward. There should be no but. But the moment that killed me was when he, I think it was like his confessional or whatever, his one-on-one. And he said, if it wasn't for her friends influencing her, she would have brought it up to me sooner like what like right tell me you're an inattentive tell me you're an inattentive husband without telling me you're an inattentive husband because she has said this in fact footage last week will show us how many times she claims that she has mentioned this to Jovi and how she would like to improve herself but more than that I love how he's literally able to blame once again everyone but himself um but we this is this is an anti-Jovi train over here I I'm I'm with Yara's friend. I wish I had written her name down because she said, you know what? He's not attractive. You could do better. I stand so by that. Their names are Adele and Symphony with a C. I think it was Symphony with a C. I think it was Symphony is the girl I want to absolutely, um, I just want to stand her because she, she said what we all know and Yara could do better than the man child that is Joby. Um, okay. So those are my thoughts for this week, but we didn't see a lot of progression. I'm interested to see how the conversation looks like with Miss Gwen, if there's a little bit more of a backstory about why she felt like maybe she was being taken advantage of as a nanny. I'm sure there is because she seems like a nice woman like it was it was pretty shocking to me when they said that she like didn't want to watch Mila. so I don't know it was also weird though that she said that he was because for his job he's gone for a whole month and that entire month she's not gonna go like I don't know like I feel like even as a grandmother like 
knowing that your son isn't there and she's by herself and she's a new mom like at least once and she doesn't have family she doesn't have anybody so that's kind of weird I don't know if maybe they talked on the phone or if she would even check in with her but the way that Yara was saying it it was like she just wouldn't come around for a whole month when I'm by myself so I, I guess we just need more background on that and, and you can tell that Yara is upset. I mean, Yara is visibly upset. She's crying. And I, and again, this is, I'm just, I'm just going to shit on Jovi one more time. Honest to God, he deserves it because Yara is visibly crying. He says, Oh, don't cry again. I don't want to deal with the emotions. Right. He's upset about her crying. Then he says, well, like something to the extent of like, this is what you wanted. I took your side. Like he should get points for taking his wife's side in an argument and standing up for her, which I'm like, bro, these are basic foundational expectations, but. Right. Like that's the bare minimum. And I feel like Joby complains about doing the bare minimum and it just makes me angry. Like him complaining that he has to like watch Myla for a night while Yara goes and hangs out with her friends. Like, are you kidding me? And this Uh, man, this man works six months a year. Like, come on, come on. Like I was sitting there doing the math. You know, I know it's very difficult math, but um, I was like, hang on. This man only has to work half the year and he's complaining. I can't. So I will say this. I did do a little bit of sleuthing myself. And um, there were multiple times when they would be driving that you could see that they live in a place called Covington. And um, he did do a lot of complaining last week and a little bit this week about how he's not able to go see strippers as much anymore. Boo hoo. And I actually did look it up. Covington is a 48 to 55 minute drive to downtown New Orleans. Um, So she did remove him about an hour away from the life he used to know. But, you know, if you want to see strippers that bad, Jovi, it is only a less than an hour drive. Um, So just for some context for everybody, if he wants to continue to complain, which I'm sure he will. That was some really good sleuthing, Sarah. Love it. All right. So we are going to segue into, I think, what are considered the heavy hitters of this episode, Big Ed and Liz. And I know Asmari loves Big Ed, so we'll try to be kind as much as possible. (laughs) So basically to get a summary just of their section overall. So basically we see Big Ed and Liz navigating their engagement. Now you might be surprised because they are engaged, but they've broken up literally eight times. Um, And we sort of see like some of the fallout of that and like what Ed's friends and friends and family like think of Liz as a result of some of the things that she's chosen to do. And honestly, like I kind of liked this. You sort of see like on the other side, like when these 56 year old men are dating these 29 year old women, which that's that's so gross. But when you see like all their friends disowning them and like their daughter not speaking to them, you're like, good. That's sort of like what should happen. Um, so yeah, so we just see some of the fallout of like Big Ed's poor life choices. So I also just want to throw a little like shout out to Teddy um, because I saw this crusty white dog that Liz was carrying as the ring bearer for their ceremony. That was not Teddy. Rest uh, in pieces. Rest in peace. Rest in pieces. <laughs> Teddy's <laughs> the reason him and Liz got together, though. I mean, oh my so, gosh. Yeah, I mean, rip for real. But also, like, it kind of sucks because why did he have to go now? Because we would, Ed would, they wouldn't be back together if Teddy hadn't died. Because uh, I think Ed went into it. It was because 
Liz found out Teddy died and sent Ed roses or something. Like yeah, flowers. She was the first one to reach out. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I didn't know that. <gasps> mm-hmm. Wow. And they actually, they adopted two Maltese's. It was within weeks of Teddy dying. And honestly, I thought it was disrespectful. I agree. It feels like when like a man's wife dies and then he gets married like six months later with like the secretary, it feels like that. These Maltese's are the secretaries. (laughs) And in reality, like, I don't know, Liz said, oh, you know, I'm just so concerned about Ed because I knew that, you know, Teddy meant so much and whatever. I think it just meant she wanted to be back on TLC and get that TLC check. So she saw this as an opportunity. So she sent him some roses. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to say this. If you're a woman who is, she's 29, 28, 27, 29, 29, 29. And a man has broken up with you. Not once, not twice, but eight different times. And via text you, every time via text via text which honestly only makes it worse so thank you alexa eight like times. he's a coward like but then, why no, would no, you no. want to be with someone like that but as a woman you are going back to that man you are making the first move there is something inherently wrong with this woman and if it is gold digging i promise you sis he ain't got it like that like there and are he better ha- he has men. no neck he has no neck he has no neck and he probably doesn't have <laughs> bread like that either. So no neck oh, and God. not near enough bread, not near enough bread to say that is a marriage worth having. But one thing that she said, and again, I feel like I'm the nice one. Like I'm always trying to be devil's advocate here. But like one thing that I thought was really sweet that she said was that he's the only person she's ever dated where like with her, like with her daughter, she, like he didn't just love her he like also loved like her daughter so that's something she had never experienced before and I think especially with people who already have children like that's really hard to come by because like they don't just accept you they have to accept like who you're coming with which is like your child you know into a marriage so I thought that was sweet and I don't know like yeah I do like Big Ed just because like he's hilarious and he's a mess but like he is problematic but we also don't get to see that kind of stuff that kind of stuff because you know that's not what TLC is going to want to show but I thought that was really sweet that she said that I'm a play devil's advocate I don't like that a 57 year old man is liking little girls oh my god I know that you were someone was going to say something like that her daughter no Ed Osmar you're right Ed is playing stepfather um I'm sure his actual daughter is very very upset about that um but that is that is a conversation for a later episode I'm sure we'll dive into um but he is and you do see that very little and so that was a sweet comment and actually I think Liz had a lot more redeemable moments this episode than Ed whenever she even made the comment I like she said that she feels like she is the reason that a lot of people in Ed's life don't like her because of things Ed said. And we all know, I think we've all had that ex that every single time something bad happened, they run and tell everyone to where when you either get back together or get past the argument, everyone thinks negatively about you because they don't keep their mouth shut. And Ed is that person. It's both of them. Because even on his end, it's the same shit. Like they broke up and then she like started saying all this stuff which is the whole reason why the friend was feeling the way he was which I'm gonna let Kaya talk about the friend well and I also want to point out that 
Ed is very strategic, right? Like he he knows and is very aware uh, aware of his um, fame, place on reality TV, what have you. So <laughs> D-list fame, I guess, what we'll call it. Um, but the reason I say that is because he glossed over so much of like what actually happened with him and Liz, right? So he goes, oh, well, she said bad things about me. Boy, she lit your ass up on Instagram and basically accused you of being abusive and released all these voicemails. Like, Stop, I forgot about that. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. So how are you going to say that's, oh, she just said bad things about me. No, no, no. She very, she very clearly abu- uh, accused you of abuse. Which like, like, to be honest, those like the receipts. were, they were scary. They were scary and very manipulative. And so it's like for him to just Wait, say like, Kai, can you give us a rundown? Can you give us a, like a, an idea of what they said? I don't remember these. Yeah. So basically like short 20 second summary, she basically released a series of voicemails that Ed had left on her phone because I believe she had broken up with him or he had broken up with her and they were basically arguing back and forth. And basically he just called her all kinds of like horrible names. He basically accused her abusing him for money like it was just it was a lot um and it was like the volume of voicemails too like there were a lot of them in like short order and like I remember just like him really trying to gaslight her and tell her that like oh well you're not good enough for me which the nerve um and like stuff like that so like it was just really toxic uh behavior yeah lots of gaslighting lots of manipulation Mm -hmm. the the voicemails just made you really think about like this persona that Ed puts on and like how fake he is on TV because the stuff that he was saying in those voicemails was not like the Ed that we see at all. I'm assuming it was very likely a persona of someone who again understands their D-list fame and and maybe feels a little bit egotistical over that and feels like you know when you it's like when you give a mouse a cookie like when you give Ed a little bit of power you know um so Kaya I want to just go ahead and jump through because I know you have some thoughts on this the scene with Richard Ed's friend of 15 years let us know okay so Basically, what went down, so we see, like, Liz's friends, like, nothing really happened there, um, because, you know, they were mostly supportive of the relationship, but really where it's get, where it gets juicy is Rich, (laughs) so (laughs) this is Ed's friend of 15 years, um, and basically, like, I guess they were very close, and so we find out, you know, throughout, like, their little segments that Rich isn't speaking to Ed, and so, like, they met up in, quote-unquote, a creepy uh, park, which was also hilarious at night. Um, and he basically says that Ed and Liz are both desperate and insecure, which I agree with. I think that there is a lot of insecurity on Liz's end. I think Ed even more so. And I think that he views views Liz as a prize. Um, and so then Rich is apparently talking to Ed's mom every day, which do you guys think that's weird? I think it's a little weird. It is weird. I was gonna say I have family tea one of my oh maybe I shouldn't say this but here goes nothing one of my my mother used to talk to one of my brother's exes for like a year and it was so fucking weird they don't talk anymore because we literally had to put our foot down and say "Uh uh-uh this is too fucking weird 
that is weird. I mean, it's yeah. sex is different than a friend. And I don't know. I don't know if you guys know, like, how long have they been friends? I know it's years, but I don't know. Like, it's is it 15. 15. Since they were 15 or 15 years? No, 15 years. So years. not since childhood, which means he would have had to have forged a relationship with his mother as a grown man over 40. But also, yeah. I don't know, because part of me feels like maybe that his mom is reaching out to Richard because the way that Richard made it sound was that she kept calling him like she called me and we talked about xyz and then Ed was making it seem like Richard was reaching out to her so I don't know I feel like maybe the mom I was calling him like talk to him like he needs to get out of this type of thing you know I did go to Richard's Instagram okay because I am like love it so I went to I went to Rich's Instagram. Rich does have I think three different posts featuring him and Ed's mother actively hanging out, which okay. was a little weird. And then you I could also went to Ed's mother's profile, which was very interesting because it seems like she does not know how Instagram works and reposted well, she's like the same. Yeah, something. she reposted the same photo eighteen times. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, she has a. So she, has a, she has a grid of the same photo 18 times. But Stop. <laughs> Richard, please, Richard, please screenshot that and post it on her Instagram. Richard and Norma is, I think, her name. Richard and Norma, Norma are very friends. I do understand the confusion there. I think that, again, I think the biggest lesson to take from this is you have your best friend, your mother, your daughter, your whoever the fuck else in your life saying, hey, bro. We don't support this. At what point do you wake the fuck up and say, you know what? Maybe, maybe instead of thinking all these people are out to get me and are haters for my happiness, they actually love and care about me deeply enough so where they're able to see when I'm making troubling decisions. Right. And that's really like where I come in. Like, I just don't understand why Ed doesn't realize he's the problem. But I guess that that would require self-awareness, um, and we're not sure that Ed has that uh, trait. Um, no, he does not. Um, and yeah, like, and it's just like, how are everybody in his life, his friends, his mom, like, his daughter isn't speaking to him because of this. And he's just okay. like, no, I'm going to barrel through. Go ahead, Alexa. But I will say this, and, you know, I'm sure Asmari agrees with me here, that at the same time, during the whole conversation with Richard, I was thinking like, why? And, and Ed made a valid point. He was like, you know what? Me being with Liz doesn't hurt you. It doesn't hurt my mom. It doesn't hurt my daughter, which, you know, okay. Yes. It would hurt his daughter if she was like a kid, but like, she's a grown woman. She's older than Liz, I think. Um, so I really doesn't affect her. Um, so I guess I was kind of agreed with Ed on that. Like, why do all these people care so much? Like, okay, fine, give your opinion. But clearly Ed doesn't give a shit about that, about your opinion. So it's like, either you just like- I'm gonna argue, I'm gonna argue because they wouldn't give a shit if Ed didn't ask them to every damn time he broke up with her. If If he hadn't gone to them and bitched about her every single time he had a slight issue with her, they wouldn't be emotionally invested. This would be another- they're fling for them they would not care but at the same time 
he it's not just him dating anymore like it, you know I do like if they are actually these people who love and care about him and, and he's marrying someone I mean you do want to get to know that person you do want what's best I mean marriage is a huge commitment so like I see both sides of it but like I just feel like Ed is living he is sleeping in the bed that he made and he's really uncomfortable yeah, no, <laughs> the he really does. messed up is he involved people that didn't need to be involved and it's like also if they broke up eight times I wonder in the span of time that was was it like they broke up he broke up with her and then like three days later they like were back one, together it was a year it was eight times over one year I think okay but that's still eight times it's oh yeah that's like bad. I feel like especially in one year if you're having issues like you could obviously tell like a couple people and like you know, you're going to talk to people, but he decided to involve everybody and say everything and anything about her, like in those times that they kept breaking up. So he literally involves other people that didn't need to be a part of it and probably wouldn't be in the situation he is today if he would have just kept things between the two of them. And I think they were both just super immature about the whole thing. And I want to add one more thing too. This would be I think I would be more on Ed's side here if we did not actually see Ed once again put that ego to the test in his season of the single life because it's not like that was a year of him completely focusing on Liz and growing and learning about each other to get to this healthy engagement. He was on single life actively in Mexico, seeking out another woman, seeking another relationship, forming emotional connections to, I think there were three different women he was on dates with. So it also seems like Liz was the only one who would keep answering the phone when he called because we're also seeing when he's going on dates with other women, they are not taking to him. So I think that Liz is also Ed, Ed's version of settling, but settling in a way where it's still gonna benefit him either monetarily or in a level of fame again fame is in quotes for the listeners <laughs> no I totally agree Sarah and it's just like again remember when Ed was partying with the strippers in Las Vegas I remember that <laughs> never <laughs> and like forget. The, never forget like that photo that came out of like him just looking absolutely stone-faced with the two strippers in the back yes we should post that to our Instagram too um but yeah so it's like so Ed's not innocent in all this right like oh. So yeah, I, I think we're all on the same page um, as far as Ed goes. Um, he's just, he's lying in the bed that he made and it's uncomfortable. I'm going to quote you, Sarah, because that was really fucking good. I appreciate that. So you guys, I think that, I think that cards up. We're going to move on to our last couple because we know we've kept our listeners for too long this week, but we just, y'all were too excited. There's too much good stuff to talk about. So our last couple for this week though, before we wrap up for the um, looking forward to next week is Kim and Usman. So this week we finally got to see Usman back again. I got to see Soja Boy. I'm so excited to see my mans again. Um, so we see it, this, it's, this was an interesting week because we see both perspectives. So episode kind of starts out, um, Usman doing like a soft launch as us like Gen Z would say. He's doing like a soft launch of the idea of him marrying yet another older white American woman um, to his older brother, who once again, we've seen this with um, baby girl Lisa. He's like, why? Why do you keep doing this? I think the brother is like exhausted at this point because I saw much less of a fight than when it was baby girl Lisa. Um, and so that was just, he just is kind of making these plans about his green card again. We're here, once we start hearing that word, I mean, red flags popping up for all of us, then it kind of pans over. Now we're seeing Kim again, who once again, 
I think she's falling into this same pattern of big Ed. She keeps involving people in her story. And then the second they disapprove, she gets really, really defensive and emotional. And I'm like, if you don't, if you know you're going to go ahead and just do it, why do you keep having to tell people? Because the more people you tell, the more your feelings get hurt. But this week was really special because we get to see Jamal. And Jamal is her son, who oh. is not ugly I was like Jamal is like I, you know every time I look at Jamal I'm like okay Kim like okay Kim um you know uh she really popped off with that one but we also get to see uh her mom which we all know has since passed which means this episode would have had to have been filmed earlier this year um I think yes RIP to the mom I think we think she passed away early this year in January I think mm -hmm. uh, someone had said so we do see one of the last clips I'm sure that'll get tackled at some point this season um and I because I think the mom passes away after she gets back from this trip to Nigeria so the mom and Jamal have a conversation Kim once again and last week it was her friends this week it's her mom and son proposes this idea of proposing to Usman and all this good stuff. Jamal kind of laughs it off, but is really supportive because he wants his mom to be happy. And the mother, she wasn't unsupportive. Again, she just says she wants her daughter to be happy. So it was, it was a little bit of a better conversation for Kim. Still, she got very defensive. We didn't get a walk away this week, which is growth um, for Miss Kim. But that's kind of where it left it. I think that maybe we'll see her in Nigeria next week, maybe the week after. But you know, what are you guys' thoughts? What do you guys think is going to happen? Um, I just wanted to shout out Kim for being a feminist icon, um, for suggesting the idea of proposing to this man as a woman. Um, loved that. I mean, okay, I love the, the you know, feminist icon aspect of it, but don't love that she's proposing to Soldier Boy because I think we all know that their relationship is a train wreck. But I think I would love it more if it was not this relationship because right. I know it's gonna bite her in the ass. Yeah. Right. right. Like I could kind of picture Kim proposing to Usman and him saying no. Yeah. You know what For I mean? Sure. Ooh. And not necessarily saying no because he doesn't want to marry her because. I think we all know that he wants to marry her for the green card and to become the most famous person in the world, as he said. Um, but I like think Michael they, Jackson, like Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, but I think he may say no because she's proposing to him. And, you know, like he's kind of, a you know, the culture, like a, any man that gets proposed to, I feel like that's kind of in, in most cultures is a little bit, you know, um, untraditional, but especially for, him I feel like that might not go over so well I and I, I want to point out this comment too and we we all know this is one of the reasons I love this man he is a scammer at his heart that man scams and yeah. I think the thing the quote that got me this week was Kim saying never once has he asked for the k1 I'm doing this all on my own and TLC knew what they were doing because then that's the very next clip where we hear him say well, I will get my green card and I will go to America. He, yep. Bitch, he been known about the K-1. That is all Usman is thinking about. Why do you think this he is, keeps this going? This isn't his first rodeo. Like, this is his Literally. second time on the show. Literally. <laughs> like, did she not watch the first season? Um, You know, I love also, and this is just a quick note, I love that baby girl Lisa and TLC have such a severed relationship. He can't even say her name anymore. <laughs> He just has to keep referring to her as the ex because I think there was some suing going on because as we 
don't know, baby girl Lisa's a racist. <laughs> Lots to unpack there. But the fact that he, it's like the ex, like a Harry Potter character, it, you know, like he yeah. shall not be named. Um, and it's just like an old smoker, like an old white lady from like Pennsylvania, um, you know, so just really iconic there. One last thing too, just to like kind of end it off that I wanted to uh, add is that, I don't know, like when I saw her getting a little emotional in this episode, I just made me really feel for her. And I feel like it's so like, it's for me, especially like I laugh at her all the time and I'm just like, oh my God, like, what are you doing? Like, you're so crazy. Like, do you not see this man is literally scamming you? And it's just funny. But then I really start to think, I'm like, you know, I think she wants what so many people like want in this life is to be loved and to have someone to love. And I just, sorry, I didn't choke up. I don't know what just happened there. So bad for her. And Osmari is such a good person. Love in the wrong places. I mean, she put herself in this position, but I just feel bad. Like she She will absolutely be be hurt. She will be hurt. And Osmari, honest to God, you deserve you deserve an award for how much grace you give these people because we absolutely do not and we thank you and we need need that on this podcast because this would just be us berating these individuals so Osmari thank you for having a a kind heart um (laughs) but I I think that that causes up I we all know it's gonna crash and burn but you're right she does deserve to be loved and I think that's what people want for her but it's not gonna go well and the second that the second as a woman that you're justifying your marriage by saying, oh, well, you you can have sex with other women. That's fine. I, you know, the second you find those words coming out of your mouth, you should just, you should run. Because um, there are a lot of 50-year-old men in this country who would, you know, go with her. So let's go ahead and just do a preview for next week. Um, so I'll start, I'll start it off since I'm already here. So next week we have some fun things going on. We are finally getting Meemaw. We hope, we, we said better. this last week, um, you know, we're, we're finally getting Meemaw. Um, so who else are you guys looking forward to? What's going on? For sure her, because like we, I really haven't seen much of what's been going on with her, um, like on socials. So I hate that they keep teasing us. So I feel like if they're teasing us this much, it's because we're probably going to talk a lot about her and Michael mm-hmm. probably in the next two episodes. So Raffle. I'm really looking forward to them. And I also just want to point out that though Angela has had a lifestyle change, as she said, I did notice that she still had a pack of cigs in her titties. And I'm glad, I'm glad because she's still staying true to herself. You know, we should all be so lucky, right? (laughs) And look, Meemaw says she's here for a good time. Not a long long time. time. (laughs) Um, So also next week, I think we've already prefaced this. We are going to see the showdown between Gwen and Yara and Jovi. We are going to see, you know, Kim and Usman. Hopefully she gets to Nigeria. We're hoping she does. Um, uh, Asmari, what what do we have looking for? Bilal and Sh- Shida? Oh, not Shahida, Shida. What do we have? Shida. Yeah, um, well, we saw that she was bringing him breakfast in bed because, like, he had such a tough time during that um, little cafe fight. Uh-huh. Even though he, I, yeah, I don't know why she was bringing him breakfast in bed. But like how I had um, mentioned before, how in the preview, he said, you really disappointed me yesterday. So I really hope she comes with shots fired. She starts swinging at him for even saying that to her. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Okay. And then I think that 
Uh, we also see Big Ed taking photos of a half naked or fully naked woman and mm-hmm. Liz being upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. And I think he's training Liz to be a photographer. Like that was sort of some context that like they sort of threw in there. So I'm like, that's oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, I don't know what screams career high than becoming a photographer in your late 50s. Um, but I think that pretty much sums up Jenny and Summit. You know, Kaya, any updates there? Are we still going to be on the same thing? Well, we still have the same thing next episode. It looks pretty boring. Um, they're just like rehashing the argument. Nothing too crazy. Okay, so we'll probably end, we'll probably have a lot of Meemaw next week. So look forward to next week's episode. Uh, it's going to be really, really fun talking about Meemaw and her resurgence and with her new lover. I'm excited to meet him. So thank you guys all for joining. Um, we love our audience. Thank you so much. And we will see you guys next Tuesday. Bye. 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 Bye.